back to Six Out Culture Podcast once again. I'm joined by Danny, and there's no French chat like I always say. I think it's been like what five, six weeks now, no French chat. But Danny, yes, going on? not much, you guys. It's been a while since French has been on, so uh, yeah. So it's maybe it's a bad thing for you, maybe because when he hasn't been on, they've been struggling. So French maybe they need you to uh, come back on. I know they got the win uh, yesterday, uh, but. Fetcher, the podcast misses you. Uh, the fans miss you. Uh, miss your remarks, especially towards Inter fans and uh, towards <laughs> now Napoli fans. He's targeting uh, maybe next year he'll he'll uh, upgrade to warrior opponents, kind of maybe like uh, Carpi or maybe Pescara, since you could be potentially Serie B. Who knows? Uh, so Fetcher, come back soon, brother. Yeah, hopefully we have him soon. We've been saying that for a while now, but. Honestly, it's tough. Obviously, we have to cover two uh, match days this week because of the midweek games. It's been busy week as always for us. We're doing our best to get some content out, and yeah, this one will probably be dropping at midnight. Um, so yeah, uh, you guys are hearing this later than usual, which is an experiment. To see, uh, I've been seeing some podcasts are dropping at midnight, and they've been doing well. So I'm gonna try this one out and see how it works. It's an experiment, but uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoyed the matches. We got some big ones this weekend, but we're going to start all the way back from last week. I think one game and one team that we really got to talk about is Inter. Uh, Inter Bologna. They buried Bologna alive. I really thought it would be a closer game than it was. Bologna heading into it were undefeated in the Serie A, so I was like, you know, it could be... I still thought Inter would win, but I'd say, yeah, maybe, you know, it could be a closer game than we expect. could be something interesting that happens. Maybe... You know, a draw or something, but nope. Inter ran through them completely. Uh, Inter set pieces this year seem to be unstoppable. I feel like they've scored a set piece almost every game. I can't remember the last time they haven't. Screen yards scoring goals like a striker. A uh, title seems to be breaking out even more. But Ella seems to be uh, more involved in the goal scoring, like assisting, scoring. Like he's been more involved offensively. He always has been, you know, kind of like a box to box and goes up, but. I feel like this series actually um, getting more of the stats and statistics to back up his efforts going forward. So it's cool to see. Uh, Jacko has been incredible for Inter, which I'm going to get into more in a couple of seconds here. But yeah, overall, Inter have been looking very, very good under Inzaghi. I'm impressed by them. I think they're my favorites for Scudetto, honestly, at the moment, just because of the experience they had last year. And their team has a very good mix of experienced players and young players, which I really like. And, yeah, they just have guys that know how to win, so I'm really impressed by Inter, and we'll see if they can keep it up. With Jacko, um, like I said, I was going to mention, he feels like he's just perfect for Inter the way he plays. He is similar to Lukaku a little bit because Lukaku is very good at holding the ball up, and so is Jacko. Um, as a Roma fan, people might want to ask me, do I regret Jacko leaving? I don't because people need to realize that just because Jacko is doing this for Inter doesn't mean he do the same thing for Roma. It's all different environments. Roma don't need someone who holds up the play right now. They need someone who's going to put in goals like Tammy Abrahams, and he's been doing, you know, fantastic for us. And the same thing, if you put Tammy Abraham on Inter, maybe he won't do that well. If you put Jekyll back on Roma, maybe he won't do that well. Just environments. I think Jekyll and Inter are a match made in heaven right now. And same with Roma and Tammy Abraham. So I'm happy to see Jekyll doing well. I'm still a very big fan of his. And, yeah, Inter looked very good. Bologna, on their side of things, uh, I don't really have much to say from that performance, as I'm sure Bologna fans would agree they uh, were not very good at all. 
But, you know, it's tough when you're playing the Scudetto champions right now, the Italian champions, Inter. It's never going to be an easy task, but 6-1 is a little ridiculous. I think it's the first time Mihalovic allowed that many goals in his career. I could be wrong. I believe I saw that somewhere on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, Bologna will bounce back. Uh, they won't, I don't think they'll be anywhere near the relegation battle, so they'll be fine. And Inter, yeah, they're looking good. Dan, what did you think about this one? Yeah, no, like uh, Inter uh, scoring anytime a team scores six goals, uh, no matter the the opponents, if they're in Serie A, anytime you can score six goals, that's unbelievable. Uh, Inter, they have a good team, and a lot of people like I seen all oh, the Griffith six, seven. Like we always mention this on the podcast, they still have their most of their guys. Yes, they lost Lukaku. Yes, they lost uh, Hakimi. Yes, they lost Conte, but. The guys they brought in are doing a phenomenal job. Uh, Inzaghi, so far, he's doing an excellent job. Uh, a lot of people probably think he's doing better than what they expect. Uh, they got guys like DiMarco who came in uh, after a pretty impressive spell at uh, Verona. He's doing pretty good for um, Inter. They got Dumfries, who seems like he can he's fitting in nicely with them. They got Jekyll, the guy who's scoring goals again. like He's like his old self. Uh, they still have Martinez, who he's having a break. He could potentially have a big breakout season, uh, being the main guy now without uh, Lukaku. They still got Barella, the guy who's a huge workhorse in the mid. Uh, they still have Bastoni, Devray, Skriniar, who are a solid pairing. And Hadanovic looks to be looks. Uh, he looks a little better this season. He's making some nice saves. Uh, he's making some big saves for uh, Inter. Uh, so he's he's doing a good job. Uh, trying to get these guys going and I see now that they're in pre uh negotiations with uh Onana from uh Ajax. So maybe they're uh, reinforcing for next season as well. Uh so they got a good side inter they're pretty they're a very strong team and they're a team that uh any given week they can uh win and uh I think them right now them, Napoli, Milan and uh I could say even Roma to uh uh, those teams are could be the top four at the end of the season, and those teams I believe they could be uh, contending uh, for Scudetto. And I'm not gonna throw out Juve just yet because it's always Juve. Uh, Lagri started off what uh, a few years ago, like ten games. Uh, they were playing terrible, and they ended up winning the Scudetto. So uh, these teams are now the Serie A this year. They got maybe five, six teams that can uh, potentially win the Scudetto and uh, a big uh, race for uh, European football. Yeah, well said, Dan. Uh, there is, uh, I, I like to say the ad season because usually there's one team where you're like, they're definitely going to win or you're like 80, yeah, 90% sure like, they're going to win. Now it could be like four teams. Any, yeah. any team can be, and, and vice versa too, even for relegation. We clearly, like, obviously maybe you have the likes of maybe Salientina, uh, maybe getting relegated, but at the end of the day, any team can beat any team any given week. And we've seen it uh, prior with uh, Empoli Juventus. So, so it's a competitive league now, and I think that's the first time we can truly say say that in a while. Like it's a competitive league, and we seven teams are even, like you can say. So exactly, I feel like um, when Juve had Ronaldo, it was kind of more like they weren't they didn't ever play the best, but Ronaldo always scored in like the last ten minutes. I felt like he always came for a winner. There's always that worry, and I feel like he was the deciding factor for a while. But now that he's gone, you would only have that. Obviously, Casual's unreal, Dybala's unreal, but those aren't guys who are going to carry a team all the time, right? Ronaldo's more of like a threat in the air of the set piece at the end. Like he's always there at the end to score and save them. 
but now it feels like Juve is more of like a normal team. They aren't like this other like other level team. They're beatable, and um, you still get scared when you have to play Juve. Obviously, it's not like uh, oh, they're like you're playing some Dolia. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying they're it's more feasible to beat them. It's more yeah of a possibility. It's not like oh no, Juve, we're definitely gonna lose my. Oh, we play Juve when October 25th. Okay, October 25th, we're probably gonna lose points. Now it's like, oh, we could actually beat them, which yeah. I think is and, good for the league overall. And it's you could say that with any team too, because that's how yeah. competitive the league is. And I feel like that's what the uh, fans want. They want a more competitive league. Before you go up, oh, Juve's gonna win. Up, oh, Inter's gonna win. Now, yeah, Inter could be favorites to win it, but a team like uh, Napoli, say for example, I'm just probably biased uh, here. They can win it because they're playing very good football. They got very good players. For exactly. A team like Roma, oh look at Mourinho. They got they got great players all around. A team like Milan can win it because they got good players around. Because like, it's such a competitive league, and even Atalanta too, they can potentially win it too. Like it's such a competitive league, and it's truly like it's that's what as a fan of a say a Napoli say and a fan of the league, that's what you want. You want competitiveness. And that's why you see with the teams like in the prime, like oh, you got the teams like Leicester, Man City, United, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, Tottenham, uh, all these clubs like that compete every year, like they're competitive league. And now you're seeing this that in the Serie A, so it's it's gonna be an interesting uh, year. That's all I know, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, Inter Bologna, great match. The league's more competitive uh, because of you know teams like Inter. Napoli, Roma, Juve getting a little bit worse, and Atalanta, they're dropping off, but we all know how Atalanta is, we've seen them then, you know, in the past, they start off slow, and then they go on 10-game tear, where they win like 5 nothing every game, <laughs> we've been seeing that for a while now, so, yeah, the league's definitely looking good, but one of the teams we've been saying are looking good, Roma, De La Verona, 3-2, it was a very strange game, uh, it was hailing for a good portion of the game. And then just, it felt like a, something was weird about the game. We looked tired. We came out flat. Uh, Pellegrini scored a fantastic goal. That back heel flick was incredible. He's been, uh, absolutely on fire this year. I don't know what's gotten into him, but yeah, he's been incredible. And we played, uh, it wasn't good in the first half, but it was decent enough to have a lead, I guess, but, Nothing really crazy. Second half, it was com- it was just terrible. We came out flat as hell. We didn't know what to do. Verona scored two quick ones on us. Uh, we got one back after. An own goal once again started by Pellegrini. Crossed into Abraham. And before Abraham could put it in, the defender on Verona, I forgot who it was now. It was about a week ago to match. But uh, whoever it was, he tipped it in the net. And we got the tie. It was 2-2. At that yeah, point, I started. Ilich, yeah, yeah, it was Ilich. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if he didn't touch that, Abraham would have scored. So either way, it was going to be a goal. He's wide open, Abraham. Uh, great cross by Pellegrini. And then, yeah, it was 2-2. I still didn't think we were going to win. I thought maybe a draw, but we were just playing so bad. It was like, we didn't even deserve to tie that one. So I was waiting for either Verona to score or somehow we sneak one in, but I doubted it. I had a feeling we'd tie or lose. And then Faroni, a big scramble in the box, and what a goal, bar down. Wonderful strike from him to give Atalanta a 3-2 lead. That would ultimately end up into a win. Roma played terrible. Um, I was a little proud of the team, you know, just to fight until the end, really. But the performance wasn't good. And, yeah, I think we all saw the loss coming. We know how our history. This always happens. 
And, uh, yeah, it was very deflating after such a good start to the year. But, you know, if someone told me we'd be five and one after six games in all competitions, I'd say you're lying. So uh, I guess it, it was a good start to the season, but that match on its own was just very uh, frustrating to watch. Just the guys look very tired. And one thing I don't like, as good as Veritut and Cristante have been, they've been very good at certain points. But I feel like one thing they lack is positional awareness. I feel like they left the center backs way too exposed. They weren't dropping in the middle. They were drifting a little too wide. And uh, they just left Mancini and uh, Ibanya just exposed there with like four guys around them constantly wide open at the top of the 18-yard box. And I think that was our biggest downfall defensively in that match. We're just getting ripped apart. But, uh, yeah, deserved win to Verona. Uh, you look, they look good, you know. Obviously, new manager. It was going to be tough for them. Di Francesco, that guy, I don't think he's won a game, I think, since November 2020. So, yeah, getting rid of him was definitely a good decision. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, Tudor came in and uh, he got a first win with Verona. So uh, Tudor, he's let's be honest, he's not a very good manager. I think we all know that. He's uh, he leaves a lot to be desired, but uh, one thing he's good at is motivating his players, and he did that, and they did a good job to come back in the game in the second half. So credit to Verona, deserved win, and uh, yeah, I think maybe Tudor can turn things around in his, both his career and in Verona's uh, season, even though it's very early on. But yeah, credit to Verona, full respect for the win. They deserved it, and I have no complaints on their behalf. But when it comes to Roma perspective, after that loss, I was hoping we'd bounce back into Udinese because obviously Roma in the past, and I'm sure you, you've seen it, yeah. you know, yeah. Roma, once you uh, one bad game, we go on a streak. So. I Roma, like with Napoli too, like it's just, that's, uh, that's how it is in soccer, or in culture, I should say. Uh, anytime you, like, you lose a tough match, it seems like the streak continues. And then you get a dirty, like a, a scrappy win, uh, like a dirty win, you can say. And then uh, it all like goes well for you. So that's the sport. That's sports for you. Uh, but yeah. to give Verona a lot of credit, they they deserved it. Uh, I didn't figure Roma were the team I expected them to be. Uh, they looked a little flat, you can say at times. Uh, but give nothing less of Faroni's Fado- uh, goal. That was unbelievable. For me, that was out of nothing. I didn't. Uh, when I saw him control and then hit off the ball, I thought it was gonna go over, or at least hit the bar. But when it went in, I was just like, "Wow, that's that's a goal. That's a goal from a you can consider him a right back, right mid, the captain." Uh, so it was a good win for Verona, and they're always a tough team to play against. Even no matter who they have uh, playing, who they have as coach, they're always against the big teams. They're always a tough team to play against, and. I experienced it uh, twice last year when uh, we lost to them three one at the Vod- at Verona, and uh, on the final match they were they came into the San Paulo had nothing to play for, or so not the San Paulo but the Maradona I should say, uh, came in had nothing to play for just to play for pride and they end up tying with Napoli and sending us to Europa League so they're a tough team and they're one of the teams that you see them on the schedule and you go, oh, I hate playing against them especially. Uh, coming off of, like I say, a, a, night, a big fixture on uh, the weekend or a, a midweek, uh, like I say, a Thursday game against uh, in Europa League or in the Conference League. So it's always a tough team to play against. And they're one team I always hate playing against. Ends. I don't know about you, but I always hate playing against Verona because of how tough they are and what they do to try to get the points. So it was a good, great win for Verona, especially under a new coach. 
Uh, and uh, Roma, you obviously they bounced back uh, today uh, against Udinese. So uh, it seems like Mourinho's mindset is okay. We lost this game. Let's move. Let's move on and focus on uh, focus on this game. And it seems like they did. So it was a uh, the wor- the loss wasn't the worst loss they could suffer uh, because they bounced back today. But it's always a loss, and uh, I think uh, Roma they're all, they're in a good good situation. They got a great manager. They get some great players. Uh, now the derby is it's gonna be very interesting now uh, in the, on Sunday. So uh, I'm excited to watch it uh, prior to the Napoli game. So uh, it's gonna be uh, a very tough derby, and it's gonna be very entertaining. So I recommend guys stay tuned for that one. Definitely, yeah. We'll get more into obviously Romalinez and the Derby a little later on, but yeah, it was a great win for Verona and uh, yeah, respect to them. Another great match, Juventus Milan. Uh, I'm not sure if you have the same opinion as me here, Dan, but I feel like it was a tale of two halves. I feel like. Yep. Um, Juve really, like, the thing of Pioli, I think Milan fans all have the same sentiment when it comes to Pioli. In the big matches, he seems to get the tactics all wrong at times. He really gets outplayed by different managers in big in big games. And that's what it looked like. And when I was watching the game, I was saying, wow, Juve playing great. They're back. Uh, Pioli is getting outcoached by Allegri badly. And then in that second half, Milan really pulled it together. Rebic seems to always score against Juve. He's been incredible. He's a good player. He's always a very solid player to have. He scores in important games. Uh, he even scored against Liverpool. And yeah, he's been really good for Milan this year and has been since he's arrived. But yeah, uh, credit to Milan for getting back in it. But yeah, Juve, you got a feel for them in a way, you know. I thought they played really good for a good portion of the match. They had their chances and Milan pulled it back. That second half, they really brought it to, to Juve and uh, they found a way back in it. Pioli credit to him. Maybe he said something in the locker room. Or I don't know what happened, but yeah, it looked like Juve was going to come away with it, get the first win, and then Milan really pulled back, like I said, and they got the result they wanted. If Milan fans are disappointed, I wouldn't be a draw against a Juventus side who were motivated. They got all the players that they were missing back um, from the week before, and they're full strength. They look motivated, and they're home, and Milan still got a draw. So if you're a Milan fan, yeah. nothing to be ashamed of, nothing it's all win. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good result uh, yeah. at the, at the, the Allianz. It's, it's always Juventus. Like so, anytime yeah. you can take points from them, it's you should go away for smile. Unless like they're like complete uh, garbage, but they're still they go, still got some good players on their side. They're still a tough team to play against, and yeah, it's a good point. It was I think it's a you should be they should be satisfied, uh, Milan, especially being like down. A win. Yeah. yeah, especially being down one nothing early, uh, it kind of like not to the extent, but there was certain like parts of the match that kind of reminded me of uh, the Napoli match, like Juve played get uh, Juve and Napoli. Uh, Marata got the early goal, and then uh, to make it one nothing for Juve, and then Napoli and then Napoli scored it on the corner. Milan scored it on the corner, and it was funny too. I find it funny, and like I don't know about you, but I saw when Moiskin came in from Marata. And then Milan scored on the corner. I go, I go to my dad. I go, Dad, can Milan win this in the 85th minute on another corner? Like it was just <laughs> weird. There was like certain like parts of like, oh, Moiskin comes in, and then you concede another goal from a corner. So it was just funny. But overall, I I I'm impressed with the way Milan played in the second half, especially uh, Diaz. The kids, guys, a great player. Uh, Ravage is a good player. 
And Tonali. You know what? He's been playing well. He's been good. Uh, he's been very good. Yeah, he's been the Tonali that people are obviously he's not gonna be just just cut that out right now. But he's been playing up to not the hype, but he's playing up to like the standards a few people had him. Like this guy could be a solid Serie A midfielder. He's been playing very well. Uh Mignon, he had a decent game. Uh Tomori was pretty good. Uh it's sad that Kier left the game because uh, I feel like he's a big presence in the in the Milan defense and he's a solid defenseman. Uh but overall it was a very entertaining match. I was entertained and I'm happy both teams got one point because uh it allowed Napoli to jump into first place and we have a three point advantage. I think three or two points advantage now. Uh but it was a good point. I was happy with the point as a neutral. Uh, not a neutral but neutral watching the match and then as a Napoli fan. Uh so it was a good point for Milan. They should be happy and it was a I, you could say Juve fans, yeah, at the time you could be pissed, but also it's a, another big point because now with that win, uh, they got over Spezia, pushes them to 12. So this could be uh, maybe Juve's uh, calling to uh, maybe start hopping up the table. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, for Juve fans, um, obviously it's not the best result because, you know, they haven't won up to that point and a lot of pressure on them to do that in their home, but... If you really look at Juve's schedule, you know, they got some favorable matchups. They got Sampdoria, who they, they're they questionable defensively, but also they can be a tough team. They drew Inter, um, but I think Juve should be able to take that. They got Torino, who is a, a game that, for some reason, Torino against Juve, they always let them win at the end. I, think it's, I feel like it's almost always a 90-minute winner <laughs> when it's Juve-Torino. So I think Torino they can take, and then there's Roma, and then Inter, and all the dark games begin again. But um, I feel like they have two games here where they can really win and get nine points in three games. So uh, it's a big chance for them. It's 6.30 in the morning, so I'll try to wake up for that one, but we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, for both teams, it's a decent result, but I feel like Milan are really the winners out of that one with the, for what the point yeah. means to them. Then there's Odinez and Napoli. Dan, the floor is yours. Yeah, wow. Like, I can – I don't know where to start, where all these goals came from, uh, Osman. Uh, sorry, the the match uh, off an Insigne cross. Well, Insigne, sorry, not cross. It turned out to be a cross, but Insigne uh, chipped the goalie. Uh, Osman made a smart play running towards the keeper, uh, tapping it home because who knows if, uh, if Osman wasn't there, if the defender would have got to there. And then, first of all, I was very impressed with the way we played. Uh, very impressed. Uh, and Guisa, once again, the guy was so solid. Uh Miro Rui, and you never hear, you'll never probably hear me say this ever again. He's been impressive this season so far, and it's. I've never thought I'd hear that. I've never thought those words would come out of my mouth. Uh, but he's been very impressive. Uh, I've been impressed with the way he's playing. It seems like he's playing, like saying, you know what, guys? I read your tweets. I read all oh, Emerson to Napoli. This that. I'm gonna show why. I'm gonna show these guys why I'm the left back of Napoli. Um, he's been very impressive. Uh, and also the way like we've been playing, but I want to just talk about the set piece we did. What I don't know where that came from, but that was one of the best set pieces I've ever seen Napoli do in my life. And it was just such a smart set piece. Fabian Ruiz won a ball to Koulibaly, who had who volleyed it over uh, the goalie, and Ramani was there to tap it home. So what a goal that was! And then Fabian Ruiz, he's been impressive. Oh my goodness, he's been. Very impressive. Uh, I've noticed the season, but especially when Agisa came in, uh, he's been a lot. His role has been allowed to advance, and he's been allowed to, you can say, like 
dictate in the middle of the pitch. Uh, he's been unbelievable. It's like uh, what I, I remember today they were talking about. Like it, I'm pretty sure they said this guy is like a a younger Chabi Alonso. Uh, he just the way he plays and stuff. So I don't want to go there too far, but I want uh, towards the season to play out. But he's been very impressive and. Koulibaly, uh, I this guy could play. I could put you could put him anywhere in the park, and you, he's gonna shine. My God, that volley he scored was incredible. And also to give a big shout out to Lozano, who came in did a job. Uh, just a very impressive performance by Napoli. I was impressed by everyone. Uh, it seems like Spalletti's got these guys going, playing to the 90th minute to the final whistle balls, which is the one thing I tend to. Uh, criticized Napoli in the past before they seems like there was that time that they would give up but this season so far uh, in the first five games it seems like Napoli have been playing to the final whistle blown uh, the players who we bring in are making an impact or at least trying hard uh, Fabian Ruiz was impressive he's seems like he's turning into the player that us Napoli fans want him to be uh, so if that can pan out, uh, then he can easily be a top five midfielder in Syria, maybe even top three, personally. Um, he says he got, he's got so much quality and he can pass it well, he can shoot to, like a show today, which we'll get more into. But another thing, too, I like the way Osim has been playing. Even though he's not scoring goals, he's linking up with Insigne, Politano on the team uh, very nicely. He's getting into spaces to Try and win headers. This game could easily be uh, six nothing. Don't take it away. Agisa had a nice header that was saved uh, by uh, Silvestri. He made some nice saves this game. Uh, we missed some nice chances. But going back to Osimhen, ever since the game against Leicester, he's. It seems like that game just opened the uh, goal goal door. I'm going to call it. Uh, and Osimhen has been on a tear. He's got, uh, I believe, five goals in the last four games. I saw the stat or something like that. And he's just been incredible. But even without the goals, he's creating opportunities for other players. He's creating opportunities for Napoli. So if this kid can, if he could continue to play like that, then uh, us Napoli fans, uh, a lot of people will be shutting their their mouths when the the question, "Oh, did you guys overpay for Napoli? Uh, Eighty million for Osman, I should say." And uh, he's been playing like the striker we all want him to be. And uh, I hope, I pray that he continues to be. Uh, to play like this because if he can then uh Napoli are such a scary side when uh coming forward. Yeah, Dan Wall said Napoli's been looking very, 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 very good. I don't know how many more yeah, berries I have to is... add to emphasize how good they've been. Oh <laughs> um, like, I'm I've been in shock because I for like you know me and I, I want I want I went to the season just okay, you know what, my goal was top four. I don't want to get too hyped now because again it's five games into the season. Uh but if they can continue to play like this, then it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season, uh if they can continue to play like this. 'Cause it's they got we got we finally actually have like a balanced team. Our midfield is actually playing very well. Our defense is it's like a wall back there. Uh for the like the last these two games so so I'm very happy with the way we're playing and I just want us to continue because at the end of the season this these games are gonna matter yeah Dan well said Napoli's been yeah very like they've been so good man I, you said it all yourself that you went into really good detail I really have nothing to add 
But yeah, credit to Napoli. They've been great. And obviously there's more Napoli to talk in this podcast, Napoli Sampdoria, uh, very soon. But speaking about another team that's been very good, Inter again, Inter Fiorentina. They've been just scoring goals, man. They've been scoring left, right, and center. Nine goals in two games. That's just incredible. Napoli, I believe, had eight goals in two games. So Yeah, eight goals in teams. two games. No goals conceded. These are, so you can say mid, uh, midweek uh, match uh, fixtures we have. Yeah, that's that's insane. Napoli and uh, Inter have been scoring goal after goal after goal. Uh, the defense isn't even like I wouldn't say the defense is bad on these goals. It's just very good play that gets them the goals for both teams. Uh, I've been impressed. Jacko got another one. He's been like I said, he's been looking very good. Uh, I think Inter. One thing they uh, have an advantage of over all the teams is I think their bench depth is really good. Yeah, uh, these, these bench players come in and they make an impact immediately. They have breathing room to rotate. I feel like some other teams off the bench isn't looking the best, but Inter, their depth of the bench is very good. And yeah, they they don't drop too much of a level when they put in the example Sanchez for Jacko. Obviously, two very different players, but uh, the level of quality they offer, Jacko obviously offers way more, but Sanchez offers a level that's sustainable for if they're in the lead or if they want to maybe add some a little bit more pace into the game with Sanchez. They can do that. So he offers a good level off the bench. Uh, Vestino, great player. Dumfries, obviously I'm a big fan of him, but uh, he's looked good for Inter recently. Uh, DiMarco, yeah, to be honest, uh, I know people are up and down with him. I'm not the biggest fan of DiMarco, but he has had some very nice moments this year, so credit to him. Uh, he's always been in Teresa his whole life as a kid, so you know it's nice to see someone live out their dreams. But uh, as a player, his crosses, uh, I don't know, they're not the best, to be honest. But yeah, he's he's still a decent player to have on your team. Uh, Gallardini, he's yeah, he got an assist. He did he did his job. He's a good player. Once again, another deaf player that can maintain a good level for you in a game without being too worried about when they come in. Uh, Fiorentina's really big downfall was just that Gonzalez red. That really ended the game for them. Uh, they still had hope, you know, to maybe tie it up. But once uh, the red card came, it was over, in my eyes at least. Uh, but Fiorentina, yeah. they looked good. They weren't bad at all. They, yeah, there was a lot of positive takeaways. Uh, yeah, for about 67, I think 70 minutes, I'd say, they played head-to-head, toe-to-toe with the champions of Italy. So credit to them. Italiano... Fiorentina fans should have nothing to worry about or they shouldn't be putting their heads down. They did really well and they were more than into this game. They could have easily won this game or drew it. So, yeah, credit to Fiorentina. Just sometimes when you have as many good players as Inter does, one or two players can make a big difference in a game like this. And there's a reason why Inter are champions. So, yeah, yeah credit to Inter. And, yeah, they're, they've been a joy to watch as much as Napoli, too. It's been a lot of great teams to watch this year in Serie A. It's been very entertaining. Uh, any thoughts, then? Yeah, no, I just want to, like, again, like, it's all the championship mentality. Uh, I know French, I would like that line, the championship mentality. Uh, it just showed uh, just being down one nothing early uh, off a of beautiful assist by Gonzalez, who I think he's been a very good acquisition for Fiorentina, uh, him up top with Vlaovic. Uh, that could be a great duel to watch out for throughout the season. Uh, but so, Tio, uh, he's an interesting uh, guy. He's got some pace to him. He's got some skills, got a little bit of quality on him. Uh, nice to see him get the goal for Fiorentina. Uh, I remember watching him with the under 21s and he was, 
dribbling past a lot of defenders. And he's one guy that was like, oh, this guy's not too bad, actually. He's got some pace, got some skill. Uh, we'll see how he develops. So it was nice to see him get the goal. Uh, but Fiorentino, they got some good players. Like, they got a uh, good midfield, a uh, decent midfield. I just Yeah, a good midfield again. Perth. Uh, I like their midfield with Torreira, Bonaventura, Castro Valley sometimes. Benassi, Duncan, they got some good players there. Uh, but And their defense with uh, Milinkovic, he's a solid uh, defender. And uh, Dragoski, sometimes he makes that mistake, but he, there's a lot of good in him. Uh, so, again, Fiorentina fans, uh, don't be discouraged. If, like, yeah, you guys lost their Inter. You guys were battling them through the whole game. It was a very entertaining match. Uh, and the third goal, you can say, okay, we're down to 10 men. We're trying to get that goal, and we got caught. So, like, you can see, like, a little bit, okay, 2-1 is more reasonable. Obviously, not uh, with the 3-1, but personally, I would see as more as 2-1 because of the way you guys were playing toe-to-toe with them. Uh, so, they're going to be up there, I think, and uh, maybe even top seven, top eight. Uh, I think they'll be up there. They'll be contending for Euro, Euro this se- Europe this season. Uh, I think they're just a good side. They got a good coach in Italiano who uh, – did very well with Spezia, especially with the guys they had uh, moving to the team like Fiorentino. So I think they're going to be up there this year, and uh, they're going to be a tough team to beat. And beating Fiorentino this year, it's going to be like, wow, like that was scary. Like this, I think Fiorentina can cause some noise in the league, and I feel like uh, they can upset teams as well. Yeah, I think, in my opinion, Fiorentina are the favorites right now to uh, get a conference league spot at least. I think they can definitely get the conference league. And, uh, yeah, they look good. And I think the scoreline is deceiving three goals. They played better than that. Um, if you watch the game, you could have easily saw if Fiorentina could have won this game or at least drew. So, yeah, big ups to Italiano and the Fiorentina side. And then, you know, there's been a team that's been struggling. And we've mentioned a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, Juve. What an up and down game. I was in and out of this game. I didn't get to fully watch it, but I saw a good chunk of the game. Uh, Moise Keane. He got one. And with Keane, I'm, obviously I'm not a big fan of his. I do hope he does well, obviously, for Italy. Uh, like I said, after we won the Euros, I've been watching Italian players closely now, turning them on, even if they don't play for my club. I want to see them do well. And Keane, he's he's inconsistent for the club, but for Italy, he seems to do pretty well whenever he plays. Didn't really have too many bad games for Italy, but obviously didn't play that much too, so maybe that's why. But uh, at Juve, hopefully can get some consistency going. He's in and out, but um, when he's going, he's going. So, yeah, he's still young, so hopefully Keane can really turn it up for Juve. Then when Spezia scored and they drew it, they tied it up pretty quick. I was like, oof, uh, what's going on here? Uh, when I saw Keane score, I might like, might be 4 or 5 nothing Juve. And then they took the lead, Spezia. And I was like, okay, Juve fans should be worried now because Spezia getting a win here isn't that, you know, surprising. We simply do it. And then they bounce back. Chiesa, wow, just incredible. He tracked Matt, his, well, not really his man, but he tracked back uh, to the corner flag, got the ball off the defender, dribbled into box, dribble penetration, and then some little mess went on in there, but then he cleaned it up and ran to the bottom left corner. It was kind of similar to his goal against, um, I'm trying to remember what team did Italy play. The first game in the international break, that goal. Oh, Bulgaria. No? In Bulgaria. It was Bulgaria, yeah. Yeah, it was a little, not the same at all, but a little similar. I was like a little mess in the middle of the box, and then um, he struck it into the corner. So it's kind of similar to that goal. But yeah, Chiesa's hustle and will to win. He saw after the goal, he ran to the 
uh, center line says celebrating telling the team, come on, we can still win this one. The draw's not good enough for Juve. We shouldn't be drawing to a team like Spezia. And yeah, Chiesa's definitely going to make a big difference for a team. Uh, I believe it was Morata who was involved in that play. So, yeah, Morata's been very good for Juve. And then the game winner, Mateus Dillit. In him, uh, don't see eye to eye at all. He's uh, done some things to my to my Zaniolo, but we'll leave that. Uh, we're not going to leave that in the past. I'll never forget that. But we'll uh, put that aside for now. He's had a pretty good season. I think maybe him, Chiesa, Dybala, and I'm forgetting someone. And Locatelli maybe might be their best players at the moment. They've been very good. And, yeah, big moment for him. People are saying he could be the next captain maybe after Dybala. I believe he was captain at Ajax. Yeah, he was. So, yeah, we'll see. He's a good leader on the pitch for Juve. And Juve still got a lot of work to do. They didn't play horribly, but they didn't play well. It was a very scrappy win, but sometimes you got to win dirty. You're not always going to look pretty when you win. It happens. And yeah, like Dan said previously, they aren't done. They aren't out. They aren't out of the top four title picture. They're still in it. They can always come back. It's Juve at the end of the day. But yeah, credit to them for fighting back and not letting this one slip. And yeah, first win to Juve. So congrats to yeah. Chad if you're listening to this. Yeah, no, it was. I was at uh, I was at work uh, when I saw the scores. Uh, I, w- I didn't have the chance to watch it, but I had my uh, phone and I was getting notifications. So when I saw two one Spezia, I go, oh no! Like I go, is this like, could this be it for Juve? And then uh, a couple minutes later, I see Case to score, and then they like get the goal, and I go, yep. Typical uh, Juve finding a way to win, uh, but it was a good. Uh, you can tell they didn't give up this whole game. Uh, they they kept. They Kiesa got the goal, ran back to the touchline. Like, come on, come on, let's go, and then found the winner. Uh, but you gotta give Spezia a little credit too. They they hung in there. They scored two goals against Juve, uh, which for a team like Spezia that's incredible. Uh, they had the lead for a little bit, and then they just couldn't hold on. Uh, but I liked uh, one thing in the game where I think it was Gassi, when Gassi, I see it, uh, when he scored, he did the Ronaldo celebration. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. To see that. <laughs> uh, I know a few fans probably didn't like that, seeing uh, him do it. They were like, probably thinks it's mocking, but he said in an interview that he grew up uh, watching Ronaldo and he thought it was just appropriate to do it, especially in the stadium. Uh, so it was kind of funny to see that. And uh, yeah, so just expect to hang in there uh, just to fight till Juve to the end. Uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of like like uh, we said too earlier with the competitiveness of the league. Uh, so every team is, there's no pushover team this year. I think every team can surprise you. Uh, it's just now it's all about the mentality of the team, uh, all about the mentality and the class of the team. If they can hang on uh, to get the points from bigger, t- bigger teams or if these bigger teams say, uh, have the mentality to find a way to win. Uh, at the end of the day, getting a win is the most important thing. And uh, Juve found a way to win, and uh, now they're up to 12. And let's see if this can uh, spark uh, the Juve uh, comeback to uh, top four. Yeah, and uh, with uh, his response after the game saying uh, it was because he's a fan of Ronaldo, I feel like that's like a an easy excuse a lot of players use. Cause we see a yeah. lot of players with Ronaldo celebration. I think it's just, I think it was, he was trying not disrespect, but kind of like poke fun at Juve fans. But that's like a good way of getting out of it. You know, a good excuse. I think yeah, a lot of up, players use, remember, but wasn't there like a time where, um, I remember the Hungarian team that played Juve in Champions League and he did the celebration. Yeah, yeah he too. did it too. 
I remember in Madrid when uh, he first left, uh, the player, I think it was Emmanuel Dennis, uh, for the time at Club Brugge, uh, he scored and he did the Ronaldo celebration. I think he did it twice. That's when Ronaldo first officially joined uh, Juve. So it's kind of funny just to see uh, players do it. Obviously, I would hate it too if uh, they did it towards, like, say, if Napoli had Ronaldo, say, and he, they did it, I would be like, oh, look at this guy, trying to poke fun. But it's kind of funny at the end of the day to see it. Uh, and I think a Juve fans can laugh at it now since uh, Spezia lost. But it's funny that he says, too, oh, yeah, I did because I watched Ronaldo. So it's just fun. Yeah, that was a, a, good, a good save by him to save himself. But I think everyone knows that uh, why he did it. But uh, yeah, Dan, really back to you here. Napoli, Sampdoria uh, today they played great performance from Napoli, especially that first half. It was uh, great to watch. I had it on the side, and um, yeah, they looked very good. Napoli again. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. So uh, again, I was at work. Uh, I had the game on. Uh, I was tr- trying to watch as much as I can. Luckily, I saw all the goals. Uh, but then just before we started recording, I had the chance to sit back, relax, take in the game, analyze what I liked. And again, there was a lot of things that I liked. Um, for, I want to start off by the first chance of the game, real big chance of the game, where Osimhen in between uh, the defenders, he ran in, used his pace, uh, couldn't finish it, which there's one thing. I wish he did. That was a chance that he should have finished. Uh, but he made up for it after he got a beautiful Insigne, beautiful link up first with Insigne. Uh, Insigne did his little cut in on the right, found uh, Victor Osimhen back post run. And uh, you could say he kind of looked like he scuffed it, but it was a good finish overall. Uh, Adoro made the save, but ended up rolling in, so he got the goal. And uh, he got a second one where Lozano tracked in cut it back uh, to the middle of the box and Osimhen was just there to smash it home. Uh, Fabian Ruiz, another goal. He scored another impressive performance from him. Uh, beautiful play by Insigne to get on top of the and kind of like back post. Cross it into uh, Fabian Ruiz who was on top of the box. Curled it in perfect place but I don't think he could place it any better. So it was a great finish. And then Zelinski, what a power finish uh, to just wrap it up with 4-0. But I was really impressed with the way we played. Um, Spina, for early on, uh, saved us. I think uh, those two saves in the game, he made a few nice saves. Uh, one on the corner, I can't remember who headed it. Uh, he made a nice save, but he made a beautiful save on Andre Silva, who curled. It looked like it was going top corner. He just stretched out, and he made a beautiful save. made a nice save on uh, Kandreva as well. So Spina saved us early and uh, it helped Napoli get the 4 nothing win. I was impressed again, once again, with Fabian Ruiz. Uh, I feel like I, I hope I can say it every podcast on Napoli plays that Fabian Ruiz is one of the standout players. Uh, Lozano had a very strong game, in my opinion. He did very well on that right side, cutting in, finding teammates. Uh, Zelinski, he had a decent game as well. He got the goal to make up for it. Uh, I was very impressed with the way Grisa played. He He's such an underrated, a very good dribbler. Uh, Especially for a guy's size, he's very strong on the ball. Almost won a penalty. Uh, if the guy didn't get the ball, it would have been a penalty. He did. He was very solid throughout this match. Kulubali again was a wall. Romani he played very well in the first half. Uh, came off early with an injury, then Manlas came in. He did his job. Di Lorenzo had a typical Di Lorenzo game. He was solid. Miraruri, I can't uh, describe how much. He's been surprising me this season. Uh, he had another solid game. So it was just a very 
another great team performance from Napoli. Even the guys that brought in Udnas, Patania, Albas, um, they played well. Again, they played hard. Uh, they were up four nothing, and it was like they were up one nothing. They were trying to get that <laughs> goal. Uh, Napoli gave up a goal, uh, but they came back to um, offside. And you could tell when Napoli gave up the goal, they didn't look uh, like they were like, oh, who cares? We gave up a goal. They looked mad that they gave up that goal. So it looks like our mindset now is don't concede and play until the whistle goes. Uh, so, which is a very good mindset to have. And I think if Napoli want to make that title push this season, I think that's the mindset and the mentality we need to have just to play until the final whistle. Don't concede and uh, just play hard and uh, do your job. And I feel like that's what Napoli is doing. It was a very good performance. And now we just got to move on, uh, take the positives from this game and implement them into our system for Kennedy and then take the negatives, uh, the mistakes that we made, work on them and then implement that into the system. And uh, it's going to be, it's tough now because we got three games in a span of almost say six days. Like it's, it's a tough schedule. Uh, hopefully Napoli uh, can hang on for Kennedy and uh, we can get the win on uh, Sunday. Yeah, Dan. I think uh, I think your Napoli will get the win too. They, like I said, they've been looking good, and yeah, they could definitely go six zero and zero here. They they've handled the tough schedule because it is a very tough schedule for every team that has European football as well. Because last week they had uh, European matches, and then the weekend, and then mid- midweek, and now uh, this weekend again, and then European matches this week coming up, and then weekend again, and then it's international break. So it's been a very tough schedule. I think it's been seven games since the last international break. It's going to be in total. And, uh, yeah, just well done to Napoli for handling it all. They've done well. And, yeah, I think uh, this weekend they can definitely get a win over Calgary. I think it's a favorable matchup. I don't think Calgary's won a game yet, if I'm not wrong. I, you can double-check if they, you want. Yeah, I think they tied uh, two. Uh, let me just double-check. But, yeah, as you double-check... Uh, yeah, they haven't won a game. Uh, they haven't won a game, yeah. They have two draws. Yeah, they haven't been looking... Uh, the best, I guess you can say, this season. But, yeah, I think now we can definitely get that and make it 6-0-0. Uh, last game to talk about was also today Roma Udinese. Obviously, like we mentioned, the loss to Verona. But Roma in the past, I said it before as well, that we don't look very confident and we usually just come off flat after a loss and continue a streak of just terrible results. And Today they managed to do it. Uh, I will say they looked very tired after the first half. They looked completely just exhausted. But I was very proud of the team that came out firing right away. Uh, Zaniolo hit the post on the head of the back post. He could have got himself a goal there. It would have been very nice for him. Um, but overall, I thought he did well. Uh, everyone really did their job today. Calafiori, incredible run from half. He won the ball back. I believe he played it to Mickey, who played it back to him on the wing. He went on a huge run and then put it into Abraham, who had... A very weird back heel kind of goal. It was strange, but a very nice finish. And uh, Abraham's that kind of striker where he's again the right areas to receive the ball and score. So, yeah, great run by him to be there for him. And, yeah, Calafiori, he just turned 19. And this kid just incredible for his age. Uh, he still has lots of growing to do, still lots of maturing. His body still not his man body. still, you know, um, not the perfect physique for a defender yet. But he's still, like I said, he's younger than me and Dan over here. We're sitting on the podcast talking about him. So, yeah, the kids, unreal. Credit to Calafiori. And, yeah, just the whole team did their job. I wasn't really – I'm trying to think of someone that played poorly. I don't I didn't think anyone really did. I think we just looked tired in the second half. We couldn't really keep up. 
Uh, Tammy had to come out with um, just some fatigue. He looked exhausted. Nico came out so we can rest him for the derby. Hopefully he can get a goal there. That'd be great to see. And yeah, I'm proud of the team to fight till the end today. Rupert Patricio has been incredible. Uh, this whole season, he's made huge saves to change the game. And I think if we had Paulo Lopez in that this year, we would not have four wins right now. I can guarantee you that. And, uh, yeah, I'm just proud of the team to come back. And mentally, it is tough to come back from a loss sometimes. And Mourinho changed the whole mentality of this team. You can tell they're fighting. They're more hungry for the 50-50 balls. Pellegrini, another great performance from him. And, yeah, just no complaints. Mancini, there, I feel almost fired about Mancini. The guy, for those of you who saw or, or didn't see, he got busted open pretty big. He got a gash under his eye. He had blood all over his face. Uh, we went down for 10 men as he was getting, you know, treated. And then he came back in. He made a huge, huge clearance. It was a wide open header. Just you know, no one there to save it. Repetitio was out of the play because he already made a save previously. And, it could have easily been one one. I thought it was going to be, and Mancini just comes in with a huge uh, saving play and just kicks it out. I can't even describe it. Just dived in and got it somehow. I thought it was over. So a big play for Mancini. He played incredibly, and he fought through the little, you know, all the blood coming down space. He fought through that and competed. That's why you got to love Gianluca Mancini. He fights for your team. And yeah, proud of the team. We got the Derby, very big match, match of the weekend. Obviously, it's the match of the year for Roma fans. We always look forward to it. It's our little, uh, I wouldn't say trophy, but it's a pretty big deal if you win the Derby in Rome. It's, uh, there's nothing like it. I look forward to Roma Lazio more than Roma, Juve, Roma, any other team. To me, it's the biggest game of the year, and it's a must-win no matter. The thing with the Derby, it doesn't matter if you're first or if you're 20th in the table. You need to win this game. It, this is its own little uh, tournament, I guess you can say. We need to win it. So I'm looking forward to it. Lazio are currently out of form. We aren't in the best of form, but I feel like Roma probably had a better momentum. I'm, Dan, I'm probably being biased. You, you can speak on that probably better than me right now. But yeah, I feel like Roma have the better form heading into this derby. And I'm hoping that we can, all, we can really get the job done. Because if we don't, I will be very depressed. <laughs> so Yeah, no, it's going to be I'm excited for that. Uh, it's going to be interesting now to see what uh, Roma do uh, with Al Pellegrini, how they play with him. Uh, he's been incredible this season. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I'm excited for the Derby. But, uh, and you covered the, the days of the game well. I'm just going to add in it's a big, big result for uh, Roma, especially coming off a loss. Uh, so anytime you come off a loss, you can get the three points. No matter how you play, just get the three points. So that's all that matters. And setting up this derby, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a classic uh, derby. It's going to be very scrappy, very tough. Uh, I think, uh, I, I don't want to say nothing yet, but uh, I have a good feeling about this derby. For those who are going to watch as a neutral like me, uh, I it's going to be entertaining. I would recommend if you guys watch, I would rather watch this than any other Premier League uh, game going on this weekend. Uh, sorry about that, guys, uh, if you guys are Premier League fans. Uh, but this derby, any type of derby is on in Italy, it's uh, it's always fun and it brings out the the best of the teams. And, Sometimes uh, the yeah. worst. Yeah, it could be the worst. Like, some red cards, some uh, some yeah. punches thrown. <laughs> Anything to make the game entertaining. Uh, as long as it doesn't get carry, like carry over, where like the cops have to show up, but just keep it peaceful. Uh, but of course, again, keep it competitive. But so I'm excited for the Derby, uh, and then I'm also very, very excited to watch Napoli Kennedy. Uh, for me, I think that's my match day of the weekend. 
Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm just being a little biased, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's a uh, it's good, good, good. This week's uh, match day, I recommend watching uh, if you guys can watching some matches because there's some very intriguing matchups, uh, very entertaining ones on the Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, and then Saturday, uh, we like, maybe the second uh, match day of the week, uh, Inter Atalanta, which huge game, huge. Yeah, game. it's a very huge game. Uh, very two good attacking sides, two good powerhouses in Syria. So that's a very good game to look out for. And this was probably a very good match day. And uh, especially now, if you guys get to enjoy a Saturday Sunday calcio, uh, I would recommend sit back, relax, and uh, watch some uh, Syria. Yeah, and there's one storyline we forgot about here: Saudi versus Mourinho. That's a that's a new one for the derby, and added a little flavor to the rivalry. Yeah, Saudi Mourinho, two coaches who aren't afraid to speak their mind, and you know maybe get in each other's faces, run to the touchline, play with the ref a bit. So, oh yeah, yeah it's gonna a, be a I good one. There's a video, and where one they're of the, arguing. Yeah, no, one of the uh, Chelsea staff. I can't remember if he's. I don't know if he's on the Lazio staff. Uh, where he. Chelsea were playing uh, United at the time, and he ran by Mourinho and said something. Mourinho got heated, so yeah, I saw that clip. Yeah, yeah. I think it was was it. I think it was United. I'm pre- pretty sure it was United, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's gonna be interesting this week. Like a very interesting uh, derby. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There always is, and yeah, I just uh, I don't know if I'm excited for it, but. Uh... Obviously, if you're neutral, I'd be more excited if I was maybe you, Dan, or someone else for another club. It's fun to watch, but it's very stressful as a as being one of the teams in it. I, maybe just being biased, I think Roma Lazio is the most, maybe not the best football derby in the world, but the best rivalry, I'd say. It's much more heated, and I feel like Real Madrid and Barca have mutual respect for each other. They both know they're you know very decorated clubs. I feel like Roma yeah. Lazio just all the war. They don't this like, just, they don't Roma respect each other at all. If I have to put it into uh, comparison, for me, it's like River and Boca of, like, Italy. Say, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like, or let me just say that. Like, the River Boca, uh, Argentina is like uh, Lazio Roma. So, it, they both hate, both set up and hate each other. Uh, and the teams hate each other even more. So, uh, I feel like th- this is going to be a very – I think this could be a very classic derby. And it's going to – I think this could be huge implement uh, – implications already uh early in the season towards uh top five football top four top five football and european football yeah even for the standings but for the derby honestly i just put the standings aside i don't care who's yeah, in my place we need to win we need to win i don't care what this means for the standings at right now at least but yeah like even the last derby we played we won two nothing and for Lazio it was actually important because we kicked them out of champions league completely out of europe well, not Europe, but out of Champions League. And we put our bench team, basically, with Dadabo playing and Fusato as a net, and we won 2 nothing. So, uh, yeah, even that derby was intense, and it didn't really mean much for us at all. So, you always want to win the derby. Tam Abraham's first derby, looking forward to that. He spoke about how his teammates were telling him for the last couple of weeks now that it's a, it's a big deal in Rome, and he understands that and he wants to win. Yeah, I remember so. reading something about that, like that uh, fans look to – there's some players that look forward to playing the derby. Like they look yeah, forward definitely. to playing the derby and then say like yeah, it's like against like Juve or something. So. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And uh, also Pellegrini's red card. Um, Roma is gonna appeal it. Uh, Mourinho said if there's any way they can appeal it because Dan, I'm not sure if you saw the, the no, second yellow. No, I haven't. I haven't seen the uh, clip at all. There a little bit of the game. I even watch a lot of the game. I just saw a few things. 
Yeah, basically what happened, uh, Pellegrini jumped up to win a header, and his arms are out. And Dan, I don't know about you, but when I jump, my arms are usually out. I'm not a pencil. So yeah. when I jump, I have arms that go out. And his arm uh, didn't even hit the the uh, Udinese player. It just, like, skinned him and went for a header, and he got a second yellow, which I completely – if you want, then you can go search it up after. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It, not even being biased, it might be the worst uh, yellow I've ever seen given in my life. Like When it first happened – um, I saw it was a foul, and I just went back on my phone on Twitter just to go scroll, see what people are saying. I didn't think anything of it. And I look up, and I see a red card. I'm like, wait, what? What happened? What did he do? And I watched the replay. I still couldn't see what was wrong with that. Just elbow, like, I don't know. It was, It's ridiculous. I, I think there is a chance that they take it away. Um, I don't see how that's a yellow at all. That's yeah. far from a yellow, but. Where were they? You'll know by Saturday, maybe? Yeah, probably Saturday. I really do think they'll take it away. I'm not being biased. I just don't see how that's a yellow card. So I'm confident we'll have Pellegrini, but if yeah, not... You know what? If they can uh, take away the awesome and uh, spend them for one game instead of two, then I think uh, that's a good chance that he can uh, get it. If, yeah, definitely. There's maybe a chance it can happen. Yeah, maybe you need our lawyers to uh, help you out for a second. Yeah, maybe we'll give them a call and try and get something worked <laughs> out here. We might need them. And if not, then it looks like we'll be seeing the return of Zaniolo at Cam. In my, in my opinion, it's the best position. So we're seeing Price and Nico can and then maybe El Shirawi and Mkhitaryan on the sides, on the wing. It's not really a wing, but basically on the wing and then Tammy up top. So looking forward to it. I'm excited. Hope you guys are too. It's been a great week. Lots of lots of lots of matches have been busy ever since the return of the uh, season after the international break. And we're looking forward to everything that's going on. Any last words then before we end it up? I'm good. Like, I'm good. I'm just... Happy that uh, Napoli uh, won today. They won on uh, Monday. Uh, I'm looking forward to Sunday. Hopefully, they can win Sunday. Uh, and I'm just uh, very – I got no words to describe uh, how I feel uh, right now, actually. Like, I'm just happy that we won and uh, that we're playing uh, very good. Yeah. Well said. Perfect. Uh, if you want to go check us out on social media, it's at Six Side Couch Show. If you want to see our personal uh, Twitter accounts, Danny's is at Danny underscore 1007 underscore, and mine's at Pure underscore Romanista. If you want to see our personal accounts, we tweet about the game sometimes on there. Obviously, Danny tweets about Napoli, I tweet about Roma. And, uh, yeah, Instagram and Twitter are both at Six Side Cultural for the Six Side account. And we'll be back next week to recap all the games. And, you know, we got European football as well, so it's going to be a great week. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Ciao. Ciao, guys.